Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's great to see you all. If only, if only you guys would understand what happens in the background of doing videos. I've sat here for literally two or three minutes waiting to start talking because the dog next door started barking. So now I'm waiting for the dog to finish barking. And then hardy dogs fly over and make a huge din. Then a big car comes riding past and makes a big noise. And I'm sitting waiting for the exact moment when I can start recording here so that there's not all these outside and external noises. But hey, let's get going. If you hear the dog barking, he's just saying amen. Every, every bark would be an amen. Let's uh, put it from that perspective. So here we are essentially with our last video um, in a sense because I say that. Um, knowing this is 2020 and we can presume nothing, that something might change this week and I'll be sitting back here next week recording a video. But essentially, we're going to be back at the building next Sunday morning, worshipping together and being able to be in the same room and understand, you know, what God has given us as a community of people. But uh, I just think there's a lot to understand before we can just run into understanding. Yeah, we go back to another meeting. We go back to normal. But before I speak into next week and just give us a little bit of a context, there's a lot that's happened in the background over the last six months of being able to produce all these things from the early days to all the voice notes that we were sending out from different people. I just want to thank our eldership team uh, for the guy and the team, the teams that the guys on the team that have just shown such wisdom, you know, and understanding and courage and support over these last six months of navigating a time that we said right in the beginning we've never been this way before and we've learned so much in this last six months but man God has given us so much in this last six months honestly we've learned a lot but we can just we are richer for what we've walked through and just to be able to walk together with a team of people that stand together with such courage and faith in God has absolutely been incredible so I just want to thank that team that stands together. I want to thank all the guys that have preached and stood in front of a lens like this and uh, um, preached to nobody in the room and the weird thing of getting used to that to Anton and Lana and Farnes and Moctane that just helped with these over the last while. Thank you. Bless you guys for stepping in there. Uh, the worship guys for all the work you've done in the background, all the new songs that we've produced that we're going to get to sing now with our people at some stage and also all the work that goes into the production and all those things that happen in the background. Thank you for your pure hearts in just serving a people with uh, your heart of worship. It's just uh, beautiful. So thank you. And then to Joe and Sammy and Jude and Kathleen for all the Rooted Kids videos that put put together over time. These things don't just happen easily. So thank you for the efforts that you've placed and put in. And we've again, we've all learned so much from this. We can all look at things from a very Oh, you know, long point. I mean, I think I'm done with this now. I, can't, I feel I'm over it, you know. But hey, we can't ignore what we've learned and the, the, the amount of stuff that's been put into us because we had to adjust and we had to work with what we had. And it just again, uh, you know, just speaks into the incredibleness of the human ability to adjust in, in different circumstances, you know. So, yeah, we're at a, we're at a tipping point, you know, being able to gather next Sunday. But I just think it's a way... We must be aware that it's not just now, it's all steam ahead and it's go, go, go. Yeah, we go back. It's, it's, it's not. It's not fully. Okay, and we need to be aware of that. And we still are navigating unprecedented times. Okay, no matter how chaotic and how irrational the whole thing might be and seem to us, and I understand that, we, we, we're still in the midst of it. So it's not just, okay, sure, that's done, let's get on. We still need to navigate and understand what we're walking through. And, and 
you know, being able to come back and gather next Sunday, we must rem remember that every one of us have got a different response. We all respond differently to how things are worked around us. So some responses are going to be cautious of like, sure, I don't, I don't know if I, I can, I can, or, you know, feel could come back. That, that's real. That's, that's a, a feeling that you've got. Some are, it's about time. We got to get back and do it. Others are going, I don't know. I'm not actually feeling it. I'm not feeling like I want to go back. So we're all in different places, okay? And I think this reason why we're speaking into kingdom in this time, because there's a foundational position that you will always lean against or fall upon, no matter what position or no matter what response you have in your heart towards going back to church, towards this unprecedented times that we're living in now, there's a foundation of Jesus. There's a foundation being him being the cornerstone that we all fall back upon. So we've got to have grace for one another and understanding and the, and uh, we, we're in, entering into a new phase of learning, okay, and, we've, and we are trying to accommodate a whole community as we understand this now, you know, so this next little while, you know, we'll say October is going to be a learning curve for us of how we navigate this next part of adjusting to things that are looking a bit new and we can have meetings now, so every moment's a learning curve, so let's our responses be full of grace, and as we understand that, because the reality is we can only fitting around about 225, maybe 230 chairs into our hall. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole lot more of us than 230, 240 people. So we've, we've got to understand the process of how I work that out now to try and serve all of us uh, that we can accommodate our community and work together. So we're going to learn again and we are adjusting to uh, the new kind of that, things that have been set before us. But, um, you know, we, we, yeah, as I say, we'll, we'll learn on this process. So what we will have is an online process that people will have to register um, to put your name down. Every child counts as a head. So that will, from a two-month-old to a seven, 10, 12-year-old, it counts as a number of coming to the hall. Um, so this week, we will give you all the details. We will communicate on the WhatsApp group for everybody to be in touch. There'll be an online registration that you can put your name down and your family's names down to be a part of it. But the reality is, if you arrive at the hall and there are already 230 people inside, you aren't going to be allowed to come in. So you're going to have to adhere to some of the things that we're seeing in place. Just communicate. The biggest thing you can do is communicate. Uh, if no communication, and we see that with any relationship where there's no communication, the things break down between connections. So if you're unsure, ask, and we will be able to give you some in, uh, answers into whatever you're requiring to understand. But this week, we will communicate with you everything onto that. But we will also have the service going live on our Facebook page. So people will be able to engage over this next while, and we'll have that set up as best as possible so that you can get a feel of a context in the hall of us all being together again. And that's on the Facebook page. So, sure, I mean, we've come to this point. It's nearly the end of September March feels like a very, very long time ago when we walked into that first 21 days. It, it feels like a lifetime ago. We've all walked through so much. There's been a, a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad. There's ups and downs in all of this. But we've come this far. We've got to this point and we've got to actually acknowledge that in our own selves and, and, and not give yourselves a pat on the back. But I'm sure it is feels like that because, as I say, it's been different for every one of us. But hey, we've got this far and we've, we've, we've got to this point, you know. So let's navigate the new part that we walk through now and the understanding things. And I think it's very important, and I'll say this a lot because I like to do this in my own heart and life, is that we, we honor what we've walked through, okay, by reflecting and acknowledging and understanding as best we can 
what's just happened? You know, and I really feel it's so important that because we, we operate so much in a subconscious position of our thinking that we don't fully engage with what's in front of us. So we often just walk into things with a sense of, okay, well, let's go and automatically just respond. And we, we don't fully learn what's being given to us in the environment of adjusting and shifting to what we've got. And I think if there's anything we've learned a lot over this last six months is the pausing and reflecting of what's going on in our own hearts and what's going on around us, because a lot of questions have come up that. So, so we are at, a, at a, like a tipping point now and walking into something that we're going to have to adjust to and something that we know is our right and of gathering and that, but it's an adjusting. It's walking into something new, this new era. It's all part of that. It all plays into that. But you can't walk unconsciously into that and just automatically go, okay, we'll just go there. Because you don't, then you don't learn anything. And if you slow down the pace and just acknowledge what we're walking through, you engage physically, you engage emotionally, and you engage spiritually. So you're awake, essentially, in the change that's kind of happening and what we're walking through. And I think it's very important for us to do that because if you want to embrace something new and walk into something of change like we're adjusting now you've got to actually let go of something to embrace the new okay and that's very important you can't hold the two things at the same time and hope for the best you've got to let go of one thing and hold on to the new as we walk into that we're at that point now of, of things opening up for us a little bit to adjust and as i say consciously being awake to what's going on around us so that you learn and you're fully adjusted, fully embraced, and fully awake in understanding. I think that the passage I want to speak into today speaks exactly into that. So we're shifting, we're understanding, we have to let go of something, to embrace something new, and embrace something that's you know obviously the right of ours of meetings and how they're going to look and what God is going to do in and through us in this time. And as you know, we are speaking on the kingdom and this next while we will just speak about the kingdom and i can't wait to preach to people and be in front in a crowd where we feel the presence of god together and the energy in a room that stirs faith and we awaken our hearts to stand together united man um, i'm looking very forward to that but we can't get ahead of ourselves we've got to just walk with wisdom and how we approach this thing so i want to read from a very well-known passage today that speaks about the kingdom from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. And the heading is there. It says, be, be not or do not be anxious, as Jesus says. So let's read from verses 25. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? And consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither, neither, spin, sorry, neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And another version says, therefore, today's got enough trouble of its own. Think of that last verse, how, how close that's meant to us in these last six months. Do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Man, we learn to live each day at a time and get through all the unpredictable things that will be happening and taking place. But essentially, the key verse in this passage is verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So essentially, seek first is saying there that we've got to shift a pursuit of from one thing to actually seeking and pursuing after another. And Jesus clearly speaks that in today. But when the starts of the passage, he starts using the word therefore, which means it's it's in context to what he said before that of a build up to saying, well, therefore, this is how you respond. This is how you live. This is how it works out of you. This is how you need to act. This is how you respond. He's giving a context to what he's been building up and all that that he's building up and saying that we will speak more and more into that. But this this verse is a key one to understand in regards the kingdom and Jesus has given a context. Now, I just want to touch on that verse today and just very simply touch on these few things. And saying saying the thing seek first, as I say, is meaning that that there would be, like he says, the Gentiles seek after these things. There's a pursuit after something else that Jesus is saying is don't pursue and seek my kingdom and my righteousness and watch how these things will be added to you. Meaning that we we do, do tend, it's the human nature, we do tend to seek after other things like money and possessions and all the things that come along. But what they do is they cause anxiety and the pursuit of those things actually never fully satisfies us. Jesus ends those last thing. You cannot serve the verse just before verse 24. You can't serve both God and money, mammon, basically money and possessions. No matter how noble, no matter how pure you are in your pursuit and your desire for those things, the seeking after those things will actually bring about anxiety. It will bring about all these things into your heart and your life. And the reality is, you see, we grow up with an understanding of seeking riches. You know, you think as a young boy, even my young little guy speaks about when he's got all this money, thinking about, I don't know where and how, but hey, you don't know, that's his kind of thing. But he talks when he's got a lot of money, teach him first, he'd always give to the church first. But in his little eight-year-old art, he's already talking about having lots of money. But we're not teaching him that. That's just designed in us to pursue things. You know, so you desire riches. We will desire fame. We will desire success. We will desire status. We will desire recognition. These are all things that are embedded in our hearts as we grow up desiring after things like this. So we will pursue them through things like a career path, um, through a social media platform to give us some kind of status and recognition or justice causes that we stand for certain things and we must believe for them and and and, and hold our, our truths firmly to these things and many other avenues of seeking to be somebody or something in this world. It's a it's a foundational pursuit. If and if you don't have a drive to, to be or do something in life, then there's an Another alternative that you've got to work on, you ask yourself, why? Why is there no drive and pursuit? And that's, you know, socially we can talk about that a lot and break that down. But what I'm saying is all the pursuit of that is not necessarily wrong. 
That's, those are often driven by desires, gifts, and passions that God has placed in our hearts to be something and somebody in this massive world with so many people. And it's not always about the fame, but it's, you know, it's about success and, 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 and making a, a means of this earth and the purpose of why I'm living here. The way we do it necessarily is not wrong. It's not, it's not, you don't have a career now, you know, pursuing a career as a, as a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant or whatever. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that pursuit of that career that you empower yourself with knowledge and understanding to make a difference in society in many different ways. They, they aren't wrong. But the thing that is wrong is the order in how you pursue those things. So Jesus, by saying, yeah, seek first the kingdom, is meaning the thing you, you seek and you desire and you press into and you set your hearts and your lives and that towards is my kingdom. And we, we've, we do it the other way around sometimes. And again, if we grow up in religious society, in religious circles, it's seek first the church. So we place the church at a very high order and we serve the church and we give our lives to the church and I get that. I love what that's about. But there's a greater cause here. There's a bigger thing that we run after in desiring and seeking and pursuing. And by pursuing the kingdom first, seek first the kingdom, it sets the order of priorities right. Because I've seen many people seek careers and money and get it and be very successful. But at the end of the day, their love for the king grows cold or they are destroyed by the deceitfulness of the things of this world or corruption gets to them. And that because that was the first pursuit, it actually humbles and, it, and can break them down and destroy. But seeking first the kingdom sets an order of priorities and it's a first order of priority of our hearts. So when we've set the order of our hearts correctly after seeking the kingdom of God first, when fame, riches, success, recognition and all those things come, the priority of our rights are in the right, hearts are in the right order so that we can now handle all those things. I've seen many people abuse their fame and status for their own gain. I've seen many people use money for power. And we see that today in our society. But when your heart priority is right and you have lots of riches, fame, wealth, recognition, whatever it might be, the order is correct because you're still serving a king first and foremost before those things of this world that we desire after don't actually satisfy us. The king of kings that we serve brings the ultimate satisfaction in our hearts. Because when you set that order and prioritize correctly of seeking him first, it, it means that you now have wisdom to deal with the riches and the fame and how do you do and processing all that. Seek first the kingdom. Now we're going to unpack this revelation of the kingdom. And I spoke last week about the seeds of the kingdom being the word of God that are planted into your heart. Position your heart so that your the soil of your heart is fertile. That is the seeds of the kingdom. The word of God is placed into your heart. They will produce fruit. An olive tree is planted and it grows and it can take years. Years before it produces its first crop of olives. And that's the walk of the Christian life. Is that we look for fruit so quickly. But it's not. It's faithfulness. That if you seek his kingdom and you allow those things to plant into your heart and your life, at the right time, fruit will be produced and that fruit will be recognized by others. And the, your impact, your influence, all those things increase because of the fruit that the Lord essentially builds into your heart and life. The kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom is the rule and reign of God here yeah, that he came to establish on this earth. And we'll unpack this over the next few months. And I'm not going to harp on this 
topping more and more because it's a massive revelation that will be unfolded to us over these next while that we preach into this. But what it does, it again, it prioritizes the pursuit of our positioning and our understanding of things that we learn to live from heaven's perspective to earth. So what we bring by having kingdom understanding, kingdom mindset, kingdom positioning, we are able to bring um, solutions and strategy from heaven to earth into this world uh, through our areas of influence, where you've got a voice, where you've got a say. Now impact is made because you serve the king of the kingdom. He is able to give you strategies and solutions that can turn things around. And we'll see that with our community, the work we do in Freyron, the work that Sia Kul is doing, or the other NGOs that are associated and linked to guys within the Bay, the solutions and the strategies you are bringing to uplift and lift people up so that they truly believe and understand who they are. It's the gospel of the kingdom that is being extended, not the gospel of salvation, not the gospel of the church. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, your positioning, you're an ambassador to the king of kings. Your citizenship is not here on this earth. It is in heaven. These are the positionings that we understand. We'll pack into this more and more over the next few weeks. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Often people forget that part in this verse. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. There's something very powerful about righteousness. And I believe this is a, is a daily pursuit that we have in our hearts and our lives of pursuing the kingdom of God. You know, the thing about righteousness, it's right standing before a holy and a mighty God. It's not something that you can earn. It's not something that you can pay for. It's not something that you can work up yourself in your own holiness. It's a gift, a gift that's been given to you for free. A price was paid for your righteousness so that now you can stand before a holy God. And what you essentially have tasted of when you walk with righteousness is that you have a clear conscience. This is one of the most powerful means of a believer having a clear conscience. Because when people do deceitful things in business, when people are, are in um, you know, the way they act in relationships at varsity college or school, or the way we behave on social media, or how things play out in all sorts of different ways, our righteousness is something that will always trump and give us the credibility in how we go forward into society. Because you operate from a place of clear conscience. When you don't have a clear conscience, the guilt factor, the fear factor, the shame factor rest deep into your heart. And that hinders you from a confidence to go forward, to move forward with a, from a place of righteousness to affect the areas of society that you go into every single day. The power of a clear conscience is essentially the foundation stones of freedom, where you live free from the burden of sin, the law of death, of all the realities of the world that are going on and around us. So let's look at the realities of our life, the challenges that you face, the weaknesses that you walk through, the, the circumstances that you find yourself in are all different for all of us, no matter what, you know, enchilance of society or whatever they might be, your most powerful and effective thing that you carry is a clear conscience, knowing you'll have freedom in Christ because of the righteousness, the gift of righteousness that has been given to you. That is more powerful. It trumps and outweighs Anything that this world can offer you because you stand now holy and clear and clean before a mighty God. That is the first point. Seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. It's the, it's, it's, it's the thing that will set us apart from all the, what do we pray when we pray for our government and we pray for this nation of South Africa? We pray for righteous believers to arise with authority in government to set an order in place. Because when corruption plays out, and I saw this the other day, is that, that when corruption manifests itself in the natural and in our physical world around us, the reality is corruption is already taking place from the place of a corrupt heart. That corrupt heart is now just manifesting what's inside of that heart already. So it's, it's obvious it's going to happen. But where you have righteousness and righteous people stand, the, the, the corrupt heart has been dealt with by the gift that's been given so that they can walk in freedom with a clear conscience and can stand saying things that what you'll get is the enemy's ploy of attacking and fighting righteousness, is character assassination, is trying to deframe people. But when your conscience is clear, you can stand fully with integrity, fully entitled, knowing your position because you know you're clear and stand firm before the Almighty with God. Fight for that clear conscience because that position of righteousness is a thing that sets us apart for the kingdom here on this earth. And, and righteous people are going to shine forth in this season. And that's who we are as the people of God. And as I say, it trumps everything. It trumps everything this world can offer you. The, 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 the place of being holy and clean and righteous before Almighty God. Because then what happens? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And I hear my dad at this point saying, I looked up the Greek word all, and it says all, all things will be added unto us. You see, that's the reality of our king. He knows what you need. Then this passage he reads today it talks about the birds of the field and the grass and uh, the lilies and, uh, you, know, you know, and the splendor that they have. Not even Solomon could have, you know, had a context of how they looked and worked. Like, he understands our needs. He's not... This authoritarian father sitting, leaning on his chin, looking down at us going, crikey, will they ever get it? No, it's full of love. And like, hey, these guys, I've experienced that in my life. We just ask God. It's different times. God, you know our needs. He knows you need a salary. He knows you need money to buy food. He knows you need money to pay the rent, to have electricity, to have a vehicle that you need to drive and get around. He knows your needs. He's not distant, distant from that and that understanding. But the pursuit is not the need. The pursuit is the kingdom and his righteousness. And then these things will be added unto us. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. He just pulls out blessings because if you ask for a bread, he won't give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a scorpion. However, that passage goes there. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened unto you. You see, he understands our needs. And the reality is that, again, it's a positioning of the heart. Because when you seek first the kingdom, your heart is positioned and molded and shaped from a place of wholeness and living and walking in righteousness. So that you have the correct positioning there. The deceitfulness of riches and the world will not destroy and corrupt you when they are kind of come your way because God knows what he can trust you with. When he sees you faithful with a little, he knows he can trust you with more. That's why it's the journey of our lives. And in our 20s, we can't expect it all to be given to us because there's a faithful journey that's required and things unfold in your heart, unfold in your life. And slowly but surely, he increases your capacity and your measure and your faithfulness to carry more and more. That's how God operates and works. So seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. 
So we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough troubles of its own. And we can seek and desire and know that a king is for us in every, in every single way. So I want to ask of you this week, I want you to meditate on that Matthew 6.33 passage. Go and ponder it. Go and read it. Go and read the stuff before in chapter 6. It's the Lord's Prayer in there. Read after that where he speaks about ask, seek, and knock. All those realities come around these passages. Read around it. Let it speak to you. Meditate on that passage. Let it sink deep into your heart. Just read it in the mornings. Read it in the afternoons whenever it's suitable for you. But, but hang on it. Let it meditate. Let it speak to your heart. Linger on your heart. Let, and let the seeds of the kingdom, the seeds of the word of God, implant something into your hearts that the revelation of kingdom is unfolded to you and you understand that more and more. And we walk forward understanding and pursuing and advancing the kingdom of God. So I encourage you to sit quietly now too. We had a, we had a turning point. And again, as I said you earlier, it's not to rush ahead and unconsciously just, yeah, let's go automatically into the stuff. Just pause and just pause and reflect. And I encourage you even to journal, you know, over these last six months just take time just to write down the things you've felt and you've sensed and seen you know, the power in journaling is that no one's going to read it it's between your heart and god's heart and that you just pour out your heart i often find that as i as i write things out you know i pour out my heart or my frustrations and my concerns and my worries whatever they might be and i just pour out my heart and what happens is then you start catching his rhythm and then you almost can start writing and then you start prophesying over yourself and I always find that I start writing truth. I start writing essentially what he actually thinks about me, what he's saying in these circumstances and you shift it like the Psalms in David. He pulls out his heart and asks God and he laments and he does all those things but he always turns it to but yet you're faithful, yet you're mighty, you're my rock, solid rock, you are my fortress. All those things come from out of the place. I encourage you just take time over these next this week and these next weeks, sit down quietly, just journal. Allow your heart to engage as God speaks to you. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And that we can be secure of. Because we serve a loving father who is for us in every single way. And if he is for us and he is for you, who can be against you? And that's our standing. That's our position as we arise with kingdom perspective. So set your pursuit on him. Shift your focus. The desiring after the things of this world, desire after him. He will add all these things to you. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you came to establish your kingdom here on earth through your son, Jesus. Jesus, we honor you for the work that you've done, the death and your resurrection and the power that you, that you did for us in that time has given us all that we need now for life and godliness. We thank you for your kingdom that has been established. Thank you that we are now heirs to the throne of the Almighty God because our spirits bear witness with your spirit that we are children of the living God and you have made us heirs to your throne. So Father, I pray that every heart that engages with this simple passage, often easily overlooked passage of seeking first your kingdom, I pray kingdom revelation would continue to be imparted to every single heart. That we understand our position of what you've called us to do and live for here on this earth. Lord, we don't, want to, we don't want to squander our lives, waste these times away, and then sit with not having felt that we've lived fulfilled for your kingdom. As David said, he served the purposes of God in his generation. We want to live like that for you in the pursuit of your kingdom. So every heart, Lord, that we desire and we seek after you. And we speak your life, we speak your love. 
And we thank you, Lord, that to next week we can gather together as your people and know, Lord, that you, you are with us, you're for us and leading us. So we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, folks, this is essentially the last one. We will see most of you next Sunday. We will be in touch this week and we will communicate. But please ask questions. If you're unsure, the office is open on a Tuesday and a Thursday. There's the email at the end of this, um, of this uh, video, as well as the WhatsApp number. Communicate with us so that we're all on the same page. Don't assume that we'll stand together as we walk into this new time and new season that God's given us in this season. Amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful week. Cheers now.